Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited, where I can assure you that there's no sign of letting up as the regular season uh, comes to an end. As always, I'm John Fitch, and on the line now is the only member of the Kent Only Podcast team who hasn't been involved in the car crash this week. Mr. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, yes. we'll, we'll discuss that in a minute. So, um, oh, that's a bit of a blow. Um, yeah, I'm okay, mate. Well, better than. You are clearly from them. We looked here from that uh, episode eighty-two. I first remember the World Cup in eighty-two. I don't know if I mentioned this before. There was a player called Lopez Ufarte, and every time he came on the pitch, he was a Spanish striker. I absolutely cracked up, and I remember collecting the Panini stickers in nineteen eighty-two. So that's probably one of my first football memories. Is Spain eighty-two? What a tournament that was, eh? You've definitely mentioned Lopez Ufarte to me in uh, in conversations about other yeah, projects. Yeah, what a name. I don't think you mentioned it on here, actually. So, um, yeah, yeah so. it's a striker. He's, that is Lopez Ufarte. So, I presume in this modern day, they'd have to change his name to Lopez Ubroco Window or something like I, that. I, I, I don't know. They've still got Stefan Kuntz and uh, uh, Christian Fuchs. You know, they're all still uh, around. Oh, that's true. So. That is true, yes. But I suppose nobody ever sort of sniggers at those now. I presume they're not allowed to, are they? But... <laughs> Lopez, I always wanted Lopez Ufarte to be a manager. I don't know what he's doing these days, probably. But he was a Spanish striker. When you're six, coming up to seven, and Lopez Ufarte is in the game you love, that is probably the highlight of your my my younger days. And I collected him as the football sticker as well. So, yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Well, Lopez Ufarte was apparently last known as a director of football uh, at a club called Real Union, apparently. Um, Three minute Man United. Well, why not? Yeah, could you summon that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah. Lopez Ufarte announced as director of football at Man United. That, I'm starting the campaign. Forget Rio Ferdinand, Derek Cantona. He's the man. He's got experience. Bring him in. Rio Union, is that in Spain? Is it? I presume well, it is. Well, I think so, but I have actually got more breaking Lopez Ufarte news. Yeah. Um, this is an article that I've just found from uh, 2013, where it says apparently he's been working in Vanuatu. A uh, series of islands located in Oce- Oceania, um, in the so in the South Pacific, sixteen hundred kilometres from Australia, um, and he's been a coach for coaches apparently. Um, although there was a quite disturbing line, and I do apologise um, that I have to say this in the tone that it is head, but it says right now he's focused on fifteen-year-old children. Um, which I think has been lost in translation, let's hope, eh? Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, but what a man, what a man, Lopez Ufarte, one of my favourite players of all time. Just because of his name. Do you, can you remember anything about his style, his, his stats? He was a striker, I think he came off the bench a couple of times. Who did I he play think, for? Well, this is, this, Who did your all-time, what clubs did your all one of your all-time favourite players play for? Um, Real Sociedad, I've just made that up. And you've absolutely nailed it, haven't you? He played 363 games for Real Sociedad. That's, that's right. devastated me that Club, you've got that. That, that is just made that. That is that's, that's definitely not going to be so club legend there. So um, that must have been in the back. You know, in your back of your mind when you think of something that must have popped in straight into my head. Yeah. I said anything like that. I can't remember what I did this morning, but anything to do with um, football. I must have just closed the door. Um, yeah, I can probably remember it. So, yeah. Oh, cool. That is, that is well, press my own knowledge there. Yeah. And I just, before we leave the Lopez Ufarte uh, topic behind, he scored five goals in his international career, uh, including on his debut, which came at the Wankdorf Stadium. I am genuinely not making this up. <laughs> that, that would be, well, in this modern social media world, 
that would have caused the meltdown gifts and all sorts, wouldn't it? You farty at the wank dwarf, mate. You farty at the <laughs> wank dwarf. <laughs> um, so right, so we're supposed to be better talk about last night's fun and games then, aren't we? Um, so yeah, I was uh, driving home from a supermarket around quarter to eight last night. Uh, stopped to let a cyclist cross over on a zebra crossing and the person behind me did not stop. Uh, Ploughed into the back of my car. Um, no one injured, thankfully. Uh, apart from the back of my car. Claim, is, there's a claim, there's a gain, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they want to do it without the insurance company, but I've just had a quote, it's 700 quid, so they might be better off getting in touch oh. with their insurers. Um, I'm not paying a penny. My insurance company, I've already spoken to them, they say it's clearly not my fault. Um, they've admitted culpability, so uh, the ball is in their court. Um, but yeah, I'm okay, just a bit, bit shaken up by it, really, and just annoyed. It just upsets me when things like that happen, you know? Yeah, again, when you drive into the back of somebody, that's basically, there's nothing you can do about it. You're blamed, blame all the way. And I always remember when I was coming back from a game, which was at Thurrock on a Saturday, but majority of my accidents I've had come touch with, I'm not going to get any more, coming back from football, and as do my um, points on my licence. But uh, yeah, I, I coming back on the, you know when you join the M2 from the, the um, where, you, where you used to live, Sittingbourne Way, yeah. what's that road called? Down yeah. there. I was coming up there, and somebody came in the back of me because it was a load of roadworks on. And uh, basically, he never just returned the calls. So I'm a bit dismayed about the insurance system. He never returned the calls from the insurance company. And after about three months, I think it was, insurance company rang me up saying, "Oh, yeah, we'll pay for it." He just doesn't reply, so we'll just let him off. And that, and that always winds me up. Since that point, I think, what is the point of insurance? Because this bloke, clearly, it was a decent car he had, so he wasn't, you know, running that insurance, running the back of me. Didn't think it was his fault because he, he said I'd stopped, um, you know, intentionally or whatever. But basically, as he didn't return the calls from the insurance company, they let him off. You think, what is the point of that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, also, also going to say, we're moving on, but you're okay. Because 700 quid worth of car, your car drivable, is it? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's drivable, which is handy because we've got a couple of things on this week. So, um, but yeah, it's drivable, but it's just a real pain in the backside, isn't it? So, so where is it going in? Don't know yet. I've got to wait to decide if they want to do it that way or if they want to go through the insurance. So it's it's uh, it, the ball is in their court. So hopefully it'll be sorted by the weekend, if not uh, early part of next week, I suppose. Yeah, those little things are a bit of a pain. So apart from that, apart from that, everything else all right? Business good. Yeah, fine, yeah, fairly busy, getting ready, we've got a nice, we're full this weekend, so that's going to be quite nice, we've actually got a day where we've got, no, we're full, but we've got no check-ins, so once we've done the, the pull-ups of the rooms, the little tidy-ups of the rooms, a little bit of housekeeping, the day is ours, so I think we're going to cool. make the most of it, we're going to get on a train, and we're going to go somewhere else, so uh, yeah, very, very exciting times. Uh, as Matt's already mentioned, it is our 82nd episode this week, um, and as well as being the World Cup where Lopez Ufarte shot into Matt's um, very young conscious. Um, it, it is the number of games in a season in both the NBA and the NHL and the number of games a Major League Baseball side needs to win to secure a winning season. American sport's stupid, isn't it, Matt? Really? Is that all three? Oh, 82 games? All right. So 162 can... games in a Major League bas- Baseball season. And obviously a winning season means you've won more than you've lost. So Does that, that, that guarantee you qualify for the... Convoluted playoff system. I wouldn't imagine so. 
Um, I don't. I, I, I look. I tried to look it up, but then I remembered that I find it all really rather dull. Um, yeah, basketball. Changing subject a little bit. I can't see the point of that if everybody cheering when one somebody goes and scores, and two minutes later another team goes and scores, or even quicker than that. No, you know, saying that we might one day have some basketball coming on our radio show, so we've got to big it up a little bit. But oh, brilliant! Sport, can't really yeah, see the it. point. I, it's, it's one of those things like you know it is like you say it's so fast moving there's so many points happening it's a bit like rugby as well like you know sometimes you see people running in tries to make it 80 to 12 and people are still cheering as if it's like a, a last minute winner and I, I just don't understand why can't people just have like a, a goal and it be worth one it, 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 surely that's the simplest system no I'm with you 110%. That's probably why I don't really understand rugby for this seven points, bonus points, all sort of malarkey. So, yeah, yeah. But don't both, that's 82. I didn't, that's, well, at least I never knew that. Uh, 82 is a big number in American sport. It is indeed. So there you go. You've learned something. Finally, in 82 weeks, you've learned something <laughs> on the Kent Non-League podcast. Um, well, we have got, they say that we did have somebody from America contact you, didn't you? I, do you know what? We did, actually. We should give them a shout out very quickly. Um, yeah, in the week, we had a, a message on Twitter from a chap whose name I'm going to get up, actually, because I've got the computer in front of me. Uh, his name is Miles Davis. So, hello, Miles. Um, hope you're well. And he said that he's uh, he loves the pod and listens every time he gets the chance. Uh, he lives in San Diego in California and has become very interested in non-league football. Uh, and he supports and volunteers for a team called ASC San Diego. Uh, and he'd love to come and see a Kent on League game uh, apparently in the future one day. So if he does ever come over, let us know. Uh, we followed ASC San Diego on Twitter as well. Um, so they are now our official American sports team. Uh, they, of course, play the proper version of football. But yes, we are massive, massive fans of ASC San Diego. Go San Diego, yeah? Very good, very good. Yeah, so I think that, do you think he is... The furthest listener we've got from where we are in good old Blighty. Well, if Unless not... there's somebody else out there who's listening in some other longer place. But if you do, please get in contact. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening to the pod from outside. Well, impressed it's just somebody from outside Kensington bonus, isn't it? Well, to be, well, I listen to it every week, mate. I love from outside. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we've got one, uh, two people outside the uh, Garden of England listening. That's fantastic. And you'll be pleased to know that in their last game uh, three days ago, Elijah Rice scored in the 94th minute to give our boys, ASC San Diego, a 2-1 win over FC Golden State. Now, that is worth celebrating. So, well done to him and well done to everybody at ASC San Diego. And I hope you have it. enjoy the rest of your season. Um, with... In your face, Golden State. That's what I say. Yeah, word. Um, in Kent non-league football, which is why we're here, we're going to start, of course, by talking about the big story this week, which has come from Canterbury City, uh, where manager Ben Smith has been sacked. And, and, well, that's just the start of a week that has had huge implications for the club. Uh, before we get into all that, we'll start, of course, by mentioning the game which has led to all of this hoo-ha. Canterbury City beating 2-0 by Cray Valley PM at Salters Lane on Saturday. A result which means the Millers are the champions of the Southern Counties East League. A huge commiserations to runners-up Corinthian uh, and their manager Mike Golding. And congratulations to Cray Valley, of course. Um, we've discussed before on this show so many great stories in the county. We try and avoid clubs who have London postcodes. It would be hypocritical of us if we suddenly said, all right, we're going to start, start speaking to Cray Valley all the time at this late stage. However, Kevin Watson's a really nice guy um, and we hope that they can complete a memorable double at Wembley later this month and congratulations to them for winning the league and you have to say Matt worthy winners yeah again I didn't lose many games he was a very focused when we have spoken to Kevin 
I think he was quietly confident he could do it. Corinthian faltered at the end. And you always fancy that Cray Valley have got some good players. The ability, they're in the habit of winning football matches. They went and done it. I think that, you know, I think it was the Easter game when um, they lost to Fisher, didn't they, Corinthian? I fancy Cray beating Canterbury, you know, from that point of view. Not because I thought Canterbury would play a, a weakened team, but I thought they'd have the extra quality and, you know, it's in their own hands and they win football matches. So congratulations to them and uh, good luck in the uh, Devon Bostick South. Yeah, I'm not really having you saying Corinthian faltered. They lost one game towards the end of the season, but they yeah, still yeah. got 90 points from 38 games. Yeah. One twenty nine, yeah. three lost yeah. six. It was a bit harsh, wasn't it, mate? Um, and obviously Corinthian, um, we've met, we've both met Mike Golden, really nice guy as well. Um, and you have to say that you, you you feel for them because they've come so so close to winning the title. But what a fantastic season they've had, especially the second half of the campaign. Oh, I've been absolutely fantastic. Um... As he said at the start of the season, I think they started a few games, not the greatest, but the, you know, the momentum came and they didn't falter. So I apologise for that point of view. It's just a big, big run in from that. And we know the method they have. They don't pay the players. Um, so a fantastic achievement. And we'll get, well, we're putting them pre-season favourites next season already because I think the hurt, if they can keep hold of the players, as we know, they don't pay them, but other clubs might want to. They've, they've got a, a good chance. But a fantastic achievement because we definitely didn't tip them at the start of the season to be doing so well. No, we didn't. And of course, it, it, that will be the challenge for Corinthians to keep hold of those players because I, I suppose uh, with the model that they have, with the way that they are, it's quite easy to say to the players, right, well, you know, let's stay and win the title. But now now they might be sitting there and, and it's going to be difficult for them next season. And I think Mike would admit that himself um, if asked. He, I'm sure he would say, you know, next season it's going to be tough to do it again. But they've shown this year they, they can do it and, and there's no reason why they, they can't push again. And I think next year again, Looking at the teams that are in it, you know there are going to be some some big big guns in there, and it's going to be an, another tight old title race in there. I would suggest, um, and you never know for Corinthian, there could still be some late twist of, of some ridiculousness happening up the pyramid that might mean there is a pathway through for them. But it does seem unlikely at the moment. But as, as I say, hats off to everyone at Corinthian and, and Mike Golden and everyone behind the scenes there because done a great, great job, but unfortunately it was one point, I mean, effectively two, because uh, the goal difference swing w- was massive, so if they had drawn that other game, it still would have been Craig Valley who were celebrating. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Fair play to them, fair play to them, and uh, fair play to the Scaffold, it's been a fantastic league this year and uh, they'll be delighted with that. Um, it was quite tight last year, but even tighter this year, fantastic going to the last game of the season. Yeah, of course, but the, uh, the 2-0 win for Craig Valley has rumbled on, uh, on Sunday morning, it was announced that Ben Smith had been sacked by Canterbury City uh, in regard to some comments made before the game. Uh, the comments were in the Kent Messenger newspaper, the, Kent, the Kentish Gazette, which is a Canterbury newspaper. Um, and Ben was quoted as having a conversation about um, whether if you're looking for a team next season, it's going to be harder if Cray Valley stay down than Corinthian. Uh, and then the the quote, as appears in the paper, ends with a line along the lines of, it's important for the integrity of the league that we put out the strongest team that we can. Uh, Canterbury City did put out a strong team. Uh, there was a, um, there was apparently the league, the scaffold made contact with Canterbury City on Friday, expressing their concerns over the comments that Ben had made. But Canterbury put out a strong side uh, and they were beaten 2-0. It wasn't, it, they were both goals in the second half. By all accounts, Canterbury gave a very good account of themselves. And as far as I'm concerned, Matt, and this is just my opinion, I don't think Canterbury City, could, as you said earlier, 
they were beaten by a better side. Cray Valley have got the resources. They've got a good, strong squad. And on and they beat them in the, in the Vars semi-final. And the Canterbury went out there and, and they tried their best. Um, there are many, many more rumblings. But the I suppose the headline at the moment is is Ben's been, been let go on, on the basis of those comments. And, and what can you say about that, Matt? I'm, I'm surprised at Canterbury. Canterbury this season um, have conducted themselves, I think, very well with the problems they have with the ground as a club. They seem to galvanise the club. They didn't get the ground and we're going to work together. Got to the semi-final of the Vars. I think it's been an excellent season for them. Um, you know, I've spoken to the chairman when I went to the game for the semi-final and, you know, everything seemed rosy. But this this seem a strange decision um, on the comments. For me, personally... Those comments don't seem that bad. You've edited a newspaper, John. If you'd have seen those comments, would you have pulled your cheeks in and said to Ben, do you really want to say that? I don't think they're that highly controversial. Canterbury played a decent side from that. They had a good game against it. We just Canterbury City, unless there's something in the pipeline that we're not seeing, I think have overreacted here. And, and the fallout from Ben Smith, from the supporters and the players themselves, clearly shows that they think he hasn't done anything wrong and they're sticking by their man. But... My concern is all the hard work that Canterbury have done this season, particularly this year with their social media, working together and expressing that the club as a part of the community has been undone, which I think with a very knee-jerk decision, which I'm shocked about, particularly the fact him Sunday after the game. If you think about it, think about this, have a chat with him, etc. like that. But it does seem a strange decision to me. And the only way I can think it comes in but they're going to have to reinstate Ben Smith. And what does that mean to the chairman of Canterbury City Football Club as well? Would he have to go? But, yeah, for me, it's a knee-jerk decision. But I'm asking you as an editor, sport, former sports editor of a newspaper, do you think those comments are that controversial? I don't really think so. I've read a lot worse. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I, I would have looked at them and I would have said, I, I might have said, you know, it, it, could they be misinterpreted um, in, a, in a certain way? But, um, you know... Ben, ben himself said on, on a public group in Facebook, or, or it's a closed group, but lots of people members, he said, um, he says the comments were, were taken out of context. Uh, and he added, if anyone has been at a game involving Canterbury City or the game yesterday, they will know that I may be a lot of things, but to question my integrity to win a game is outrageous. Um, Canterbury City were due to play Beersted on Tuesday night. That game was then called off. Uh, postponed. No official reason was given, um, but obviously it it doesn't take. It's not even two and two together to work out that the players are very very upset about what's happened. Um, I do have in front of me a statement from the Canterbury City FC first team playing squad. It's quite a long statement, so I'm not going to uh, read it all. Um, however, this was issued yesterday on Tuesday. And it says, we as, as players of Canterbury City FC feel it was important to release a statement in regards to the recent sacking of our first team manager, Ben Smith, and the postponement of the game against Beersted. We were shocked to hear the sacking of our manager on Sunday morning, especially after the success of the club in the FA Vars this year, as well as a huge step taken off the field to improve the status of our club, owed largely to the work Ben Smith has done. The rumours around the sacking posed lots of questions being asked by us as players. An email was sent to the chairman of our club on behalf of all the playing squad asking for the reasons for his sacking. We also club asked the club to reconsider the sacking as Ben has the full backing of every member of the squad, coaching staff and our supporters. We also reiterated that every one of us as players and coaches were fully committed to gaining a positive result against Cray Valley and giving a positive account of ourselves, which we believe we did and were unlucky not to gain the result on the day. Had we fielded a weakened team and got beat easily, we could have fully understood the club questioning Ben and us as a squad. Uh, there was a response to them saying um, that the club have had to... The, the response from the, the club to the players reads... 
Whilst noting your comments, as a club, we have had to offer the scaffold our unreserved apologies for the article that appeared in last week's Gazette, following complaints by two member clubs and concerns being made by the scaffold themselves, um, particularly given the game on Saturday was the crucial league title decider. While as a club we acknowledge Ben's achievements this season, nothing can in any way bring into doubt the integrity of CCFC, but more importantly the scaffold, a league which is now clearly one of the strongest in the country and something we take pride in being part of. I expect a sanction will be imposed on us as a club, but would hope that the decisive steps taken this weekend are considered as mitigation. Uh, so the statement from the players then continues. The statement released by the scaffold confirmed they received no complaint from any of the clubs, but um, did themselves send an email expressing their concerns. This has led us to believe that we feel we are being lied to and deceived by the chairman and vice chairman of the club. While we understand Ben's comments may have been untimely and inappropriate, I think everyone in football can see from the lined-up named by Ben on Saturday against Crow Valley, and for those that were there to witness the game, can tell that we had every intention of winning that game of football. Although the last couple of days have been absolute chaos, we as a team and semi-professional footballers owe to the scaffold, Beerstead FC and Ben Smith and the coaching staff and all of our supporters to fulfil the last game of the season good, good accounts ourselves. We have made our own arrangements and we're in the middle of discussing who would pick up the kit and balls for the game when we received the news via the club's official Twitter account that the game had been cancelled. We have not received one phone call, text message or email from the chairman or vice chairman in regards to the current state of the club. The plans to fulfil that remaining fixture or even to meet with us to discuss how we move forward we are all fully committed to fulfilling that fixture and feel the club cancelling the game has now brought our reputation into dispute as players. We are so united as a group of players and staff and feel we could be successful as a group for the club, but the only way to move forward would be for Ben and his team to be reinstated as manager of this football club. Now, I know that's a long, a long statement. I've read it out. I did say I wouldn't read it out, but I've read it out in its entirety. But that says to me that there's no way they, they wanted to lose that game on Saturday. No, I think... Um, no, it, it, Ben's got a you know respect in this level. He's managed at this level. He's played at this level. So yeah, it's just, I don't really think something else has gone on here that's we're not privy to uh, from the moment. That what happens to that game? I know it doesn't mean any make any difference, but for the integrity of the scaffold, you've got to finish off the, the the football calendar, haven't you? So to finish off the season, it just seems a very strange one. I'm really hoping that Canterbury City hierarchy and Ben Smith are getting together, and then just you know because this has been a PR disaster for the club. Absolutely, sponsors may look at this uh, and etc. And if they want to get back to the county town, people say, "Well, they can't even sort themselves out bickering amongst themselves." Not a good, not a good advert for Canterbury City Football Club. I just hope they can somehow work out the difference and sweep this under the carpet because absolutely crazy circumstances. And I'm really upset for for the people who are involved because you know with the dealings we've had with them, they're a great little club, but this is just really sort of sour everything about it. It's, it is such a shame. I mean, they've had, as we've already said, they've had a fantastic season, uh, Canterbury City. That Obviously, they had the massive blow of, over the stadium, but it seemed that steps were being taken to sort of move that in the right direction. There's a lot of people standing for the council elections, I believe, tomorrow as well. Um, on the pitch, you know, solid league season, um, decent league season for them. Not not pushing around the title, but, you know, you could see the building box are in place to, to do well again next season under Ben Smith. Um, they'll, they'll finish what ninth in the table. They could finish eighth if they won that game against Beerstead. Um But it and and then you had the FA Vars on top of that, which put the club back on the map after years away. Everyone was talking about Canterbury City again, and it is such a shame that rather than looking back at the season and saying what a season it was, what a memorable season, this is going to leave a sour taste in in the mouth. And the one question I've got in my head, Matt. Because if they'd beaten Cray Valley in the se- in the semi-final, we're going to Wembley, and the same article had appeared, would the club have sacked him then? Very good point. 
Right, they were coming close to get at least get extra time in that one, yeah. And at some point, it me, there's something else that's gone on the line here. And maybe we'll never, never know. But um, again, it's sort of turning into sort of social media as well. Club being quite quiet, but the players have come out, the supporters club have come out now saying they hang back, Ben. This could be something that's still ongoing when we start recording for next season. But hopefully, Canterbury City can get this sorted out. And to be honest, John. We should be discussing the good things about Kent non-league season this year rather than, the, rather than this. We've probably gone on for this for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and, that, and that's not good, is it, for us? Because we know what a hotbed of football Kent is. And maybe the Scaffold season is just going to, apart from Crack Wembley, you're going to always remember Canterbury City in the, in the fallout at the end of it. Well, exactly. The other results over the weekend then were uh, Lords would end the season with a 3-0 win at AFC Croydon. Uh, Chatham were beaten 1-0 at home by Fisher it was Corinthian 5 Beersted Neil they did everything they could Punjab United won a game 3-0 winners at um, Croydon Glebe were beaten 4-0 by Crab Athletic it was Hollands and Blair Neil Irritown 2 K-Sports 4 Beckenham 4 Sheppey 3 Russell 3 and Tunbridge Wells 2 Dealtown 4 uh, so all of that means that Cray Valley as we've already said are champions Corinthian 2nd Fisher 3rd Chatham 4th um, and then it's a little way back to Beckenham in 5th at the other end as we already knew, Croydon and Rustle have filled the bottom two spots in that league. We'll move on now to Division 1 of the Skeppel, which also had a title race that went down to the final day. And the winners, after what looked like it may have been a blip for them, were Wellingtown. Uh, fantastic for them. They were 5-1 winners at Lid on Saturday to secure the title by a point from Irith and Belvedere. And we got up with their manager, Louis Dean, on Monday night. We're obviously absolutely delighted. Um, as you said, it was a bit touch and go over the last six weeks couple months before the end of the season um you know obviously a lot of teams had to catch up with their games and everything like that and you know from our point of view we just had to keep applying the pressure on them keep winning our games and getting as many points as we as we could and and thankfully we managed to go over the line at the end so yeah we know as a as a whole we're really really pleased what was the feeling like at the final whistle when you know that a season's hard work's been done, and and you, and you were promoted to after your first season in uh, in League One into the main scaffold division. Yeah, I, I, well, I think it was relief, especially from my point. Um, you know, as you said, you know, they worked so hard, the, the boys, um, over the course of the season, and obviously myself came in halfway through, and um, we had to we had to change a couple of things. We had to. We had to assess the squad and bring bring players in, and um, they just complemented the players that we already had, and we managed to maintain the the results that that, that were generated before. And then, and yeah, I, you know, I think it was more more or less when we got the third goal. Um, it was quick fire, really, from which really oh, cough, we're we're nearly there now. And uh, and you know, thankfully, when the when, when the referee blew the whistle, it was just obviously a, a sense of elation, but more relief that yeah, we've we've got there in the end. So um, no, we're all obviously, as I said, we're all really happy. Obviously, the the team before you came in made a brilliant start, and then as you say, that it, it was all quite difficult with with the change of manager and everything. And I, I thought for I was convinced Brighton Ropes were going to get up there and win it, and then they just flew away right at the end of the season. And I suppose it's credit to your players that you never gave up. Yeah, no, it's um, when we when we played them, we knew they were quick and and we knew they were um, they were a good side. And although the second half was um we we had the better of the play they they just caught us on the break and 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 fair play to them um 
you know, when we first came in, we, we had a good result against Sutton. Um, and the second week, we, we lost to Kennerton. So from then, really, we've gone, right, OK. We have to really now knuckle down and, and look at what we've got and what we might need to come in and, and to strengthen, to play our way of, of, of our style, our way of uh, thinking. Um, and they have, really. The boys that we came, brought in, as I said, com- complimented the, the lads that were already here. They all worked hard and, and thankfully we managed to keep the pressure on all the top teams because um, we did have a tough tough running. You know, we we played everyone more or less in the, in the top half. In our, you know, apart from the last three or four games, everyone was all in the top, top ten. Um, and when you come up against top of the league, uh, everyone always raises their game. And, um, you know, really pleased how the, how the boys reacted to that. They, they rose to the challenge and um, you know, we, we managed to accumulate the points that, that we, was needed to, to get over the line. As all good managers now, you, the league above, do you stay with the boys you've got? Or now do you think, right, we want to progress even further? It's, it's, it's a difficult decision for us, I presume, isn't it? Yeah, well, we, we're, we're obviously going to go into that league and we're, we're not just going to consolidate. We want to try and compete and try and push on as, as much as we can. I think the boys have, have, have earned the right and warrant the right to at least, you know, Give it a give it a start, give it a go. Obviously, there might be one or two players that might not be able to commit. Obviously, there's a bit more of a of a commitment than in the in the first division. Obviously, there's more games and um, a bit more travelling. So, obviously, that's something that we'll probably have to go and um, address, as well as the fact that you know there might be one or two players that we've we're looking at and trying to to, to bring in and again just propel the players that we have already. So. You know, we have had a couple of conversations and, uh, you know, I've had a chat with Kevin today about next season. Um, but, you know, we, we have to we have to enjoy the moment. You know, we've come a long way in a short space of time as a club. Um, and it's a fantastic achievement to get out of this division. This division is, is ever so difficult. There's some good teams in there, some tough teams in there, dogged, rugged, um, who never give up and... You know, it's really tough to get out of, and to get out of it in the in, in the way we did, especially um, well since we came in, and um, and to you know to finish it as strongly as we did. Um, you know, we only conceded two goals in the last six games, I believe, and four clean sheets. Um, you know, the other end of the pitch, we've got players that can score from any way, shape, or form. So, you know, to do that and 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 to as we said, get get um, beyond the line and get promoted out of this division is is a great achievement for everyone. So, you know, although we are looking forward to to next season, um, we want to enjoy the moment, embrace the moment, and then once everything's settled down, then we'll we'll look at addressing for the squad for the next season. One thing I was going to say was I remember having almost identical conversations as I'm having with you with uh, Punjab United this time last year. Uh, you look, they've had a similar rise to you. You're following their footsteps. And this was the league where they kind of, the last season, that they said exactly the same thing. You know, we'll, we'll try and keep the same players and, and, and push on. And, and you saw that they had to, to do something. So you do have to be a bit cautionary, don't you? No, of course you do. You know, you, you you guys know fully well. You know how football works. You know, especially at this sort of level. You know, it's it's a bit like a revolving door. You can have players come in, players come out. As much as um, you want to be loyal to everyone, everyone understands that it is football, and that you know if if there's if it's not working, then you need to address it. But you know, we, we've 
we've got a good squad of players who've been at you know, a high, very high level. We've got a couple of ex-pros in there in, in uh, Grant Brand and, and Marlon Patterson. Uh, Pat has come in and he's been absolutely uh, phenomenal in terms of not just, just so much on the pitch, but his experience in the dressing room and on the pitch, talking to the younger players um, who's, you know, who's never been in this situation before. You know, we, we kept saying to the lads, you know, for the last last month or so of the season, this might never happen again to some of you. Some of you might have seen it before. Some of you might get an opportunity, but it might not happen again. To try and embrace the moment and, and give it as much as you much as you can, and and they did. They 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 grew in character in a short space of time towards the end. You know, a lot of teams could have folded. A lot of teams could have buckled under the pressure. And don't get me wrong. Although obviously the other teams did drop off the last sort of month or so in the season, um, it it could have easily gone the other way with us. You know, we 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 rode our luck a couple of times in a couple of moments in the games. There's just fine margins. And these boys kept on going and they kept on working and they, they're an absolute credit to themselves, they're a credit to the club. And, you know, they they definitely earned the right to at least, um, you know, give it a go at the start of next season. And I, I, I'm definitely more than more than confident that we'll definitely be at least in the in the top half of the table with the players that we have already. Um, it's just, as I said, we want to try and add to that as much as possible to try and prepare this even further. We had the chairman on, I think, earlier in one of the earlier pods, and he was a passionate man, I suppose. It's, it's for well as the players, it's for him as well as seeing, seeing the club grow, and uh, you must be delighted for him as well. Oh, we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to try and uh, lower his ego after this conversation, haven't we? <laughs> um, no, he's he's been he's been absolutely brilliant for for me personally. Um, you know, he took a he took a massive gamble. With um, you know, with the previous management, and they deserve a lot of respect and credit because, again, you know, they they managed to get the club in the position, regardless of whether they um, had an easier running or they had, um, uh, you know, had the other teams having games in hand. They they managed to get them points on the board, and they deserve every ounce of credit. And um, you know, part of this winning winning the league and promotion as much as anyone. Um, but he made a decision, Kev what he thought was best um, and you know for, for someone who's who's had a little bit of experience in, in management uh, you know in the, in the Scaffold Prem and in Bostic uh, Bostic South level in terms of having the first, you know the first job especially in where the club was um, and the reputation that was building it was a massive gamble for him and I'm just thankful for that opportunity um, and he's been very supportive now, whatever I ask for, really, he's more or less given given to me as much as he could. Um, we've had obviously a few bumps on the road. We've had to uh, we've had a couple of conversations and a few reminders of you know how how things should be worked. And he's brought, you know he's come come around to that, and hence the reason why we managed to see off see off the the season like we did. So, you know. It, we're all here for the right reasons, which is here to, to build a club and, and, and push the club on, you know, not just for for our own own selves, but just for the club in general. It's a, it's a great, it's a great club. And, um, you know, we, we really want to try and push it as much as we can. And, and hopefully we get more ten, uh, people coming through the door to help build the, the fan base of the club and support for the club and, and propel it as, as far as we can. Brilliant for them, Matt. Um, you know, the, the, 
that they've done it, they've won the league, but the hard work starts now for Wellington, doesn't it? Yeah, we've seen it with Punjab last season, but you go up, you got that momentum. Can they can they carry on? I think, you know, it's it's like the football league and etc. Like that. There's a big gap between conference and conference national. Is there a big gap? We have to be a bit more professional if you go into the scaffold, make sure you do your training, make sure players are, are more spot on. It'll be interesting to see how they do. But fair, fair play to them. At one stage, we thought they've had a few issues, I think, with money this season as well, haven't they? They sacked the manager halfway through. So I think, um, yeah, all in all, they were the side to beat. They've come through the levels. Some good players, as you mentioned in the interview there, some quality players who played at a high level. Good luck to them, and we'll keep an eye on them for, for, for next season. Will they be right at Goulding, the striker? He's been around the houses. But every week when I see the scaffold... Um, two results he bangs hat-trick after hat-trick and I'm sure if you've still got him he will score goals at that level which may fire them up as he says in the top half of the table yeah exactly I, th- I think you know it is one of those where as I said to him there you know you've got to look at the Punjab experience this year they tried to keep faith with their players um, and, and it was similar with K-Sports as well really they tried to keep faith and they had a slow start and, and, you, and I think the jump between one and the Premier is is bigger than some clubs may think. So it's going to be interesting to see how they get on. And obviously, here at the Belvedere are waiting to find out if they're going to be promoted as well. Their points per game average, which is something we'll be talking about again shortly, is is decent. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, so they again. I should really look into this, but they could get promoted. Then Eris, could they? They could do. Yeah, it all depends on other leagues elsewhere and. Perhaps clubs further up the pyramid having problems and um, and so on and so forth. But lost the title by a point, scored 100 goals. So if they don't go up, then they've got to be red-hot favourites for next year. When, as we've all discussed, the top four will all be promoted from this league. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting times. But uh, hope Eris shouldn't be in that level anyway, to be honest. They should be uh, a skeffle Premier Club. Well, I remember them when they were in the, in the Devon Bostick South, so, or equivalent of. So, yeah, they should be there. Hopefully they're working things out. And hopefully they can go up as well and make it even more competitive next year. Yeah, the other results on the final day of the season there were Forest Hill Park 4, FC Umstead 0, Hermsdale 2, Greenways 1, Kent Football United 2, Lewisham Borough 2, Rudian VP 1, Stansfeld 0, Rochester United 2, Phoenix Sports Reserves 3, Snodland Town 0, Irith and Belvedere 3, Sporting Club Thamesmead 1, Kennington 2 and Sutton Athletic 5, Bryden Ropes 1. Well, we're talking about points per game, Matt, so we might as well move on to talk about the Bostic League South East playoffs, uh, where Ashford United reached the final with a 3-2 win over Hastings on Monday night after extra time. They're playing that final on Friday evening uh, against Horsham at Lansing. But according to the calculations that I've seen, it doesn't really matter whether they win or not because their points per game is not high enough to get them into the top. Um, six teams to be promoted so they could actually end up win the playoffs and not be promoted. How heartbreaking would that be for Ashford United? Uh, I see the thing, I sent you a text yesterday, apparently because Horsham winning affects everything else up in the Northern League, like Sheffield FC and Osset. Um, they can win the playoffs and they're not guaranteed promotion as well. So it's an absolute farce. So you're looking at it, Ashford win, they can't go up. That's basically what you're saying. From your work calculations? Uh, as things stand, there is a way that they can... Uh, remember last year, Matt, we spoke to a chap called Peter Miller uh, and he talked yep. us through it. So he's done... Um, he's He's got it all on points per game. And as things stand, of the teams left in the playoffs, uh, Ashford United have got the <laughs> one of the lowest points per game. 1.889 points per game is their average. Um, it means that 
as things stand, if they win the playoffs, Bromsgrove, Averley, Morden, Tiptree, Horsham, Bracknell Town, Corby Town, Pontefract, Collier and Chessant are all guaranteed to be promoted. If Whoever wins those playoffs. Some of those teams are in the same division, Averley and Morden and Tiptree, uh, Bracknell and Chessant, so only one of those can go up, for example. Um, and then it all comes down to the points per game ratio. And the more teams... There are only t- one other team below Ashford who can still be promoted, and that's only if results go their way, and that's Brighouse Town. All the other teams below them uh, have got uh, uh, teams like Moneyfield, Cinderford Town, Bedford Town, Sutton Coalfield Town. All of those teams are still in the playoffs, can win the playoffs. They are guaranteed not to be promoted. It is a farcical, farcical situation. It's, oh, yeah, all right, it's only a one-season thing, but they should have looked at this and thought, well... How we can't extend those leagues and then not push it up and not and make it so to make it so mind bendingly difficult to understand in the first place. But it's just not it just doesn't make any sense. And it's going to be such such a hard blow for Ashford United. If they win that game on Friday night at Horsham, a game I will be at, incidentally, if they win that game, they'll be celebrating. But all they're really celebrating is stopping Horsham getting promoted. It's it's madness. Uh, Again. I seem to, my eyes seem to glaze over when I think about this because I can't get my head around how it all, basically all works. I mean, and I saw that tweet from the guy, it was that Pete guy, and he said that Horsham winning means that basically Sheffield, Osset, you know, they can win, they can play the greatest game of their lives, but they're not win the playoffs, but they can't go up. How does a player go into that context of thinking, why should I bother from that? All those hard work. At the end of the day, football... Unlike the American things we talked about there, it's all about going up the pyramid, working together, promotion and relegation. But from this point of view, you know, it's pretty pointless. And I think the FA, you know, with Milan changing the league system around and bringing new pyramids in the new stages of the pyramid, but it's, it's an absolute farce. And um, I'm disappointed for all those teams, not, like, not just the Kent sides as well, uh, from that point of view. So basically, Ashford can get right if everybody else around them loses but as I said in the, all the sides who've got into the final have got a better go- goals per game ratio they're going to go up either way isn't it so they've got a very small chance we think it is a very small chance and, and it could well be that results on Wednesday night confirm that there's no way Ashford could be promoted so all they will effectively be doing is trying to keep Horsham down with them and then we've already talked about it but would, would Ashford rather have Horsham out of the way or, or have a go himself but it's professional pride isn't it and one thing I do want to say is I know the FA, and they probably don't listen, um, but I know the FA, if a team higher up the pyramid falters and, and goes bust or whatever, they tend to reprieve teams who've been relegated rather than promote teams who haven't been promoted. I can tell you now, if any team, in if there is a gap at that step at the Isthmian Premier level around there and they don't start promoting teams who've won the playoffs rather than reprieve teams that are higher up, I think that will be an absolute disgrace to the entire pyramid of the of the football. But we you know, we sing in praises of the pyramid, you know, across the world. Look at our footballing system, yeah. If any side unfortunately has financial problems, don't the, the side that's one of these sides with the goal for games points per game ratio, can't get that words out, needs to go out. I really hope they sort this out. And I'm hoping that cleverer people know the non-league paper, you know, if you read that on a Sunday, I really hope they look into this and have a big state about this and give this an absolute slating because it really is an absolute disgrace. That's not taken away. What a fantastic result it was for Ashford against Hastings. Last-minute penalty from Sancorn to win three goals or two after extra time. 
and it shows what a good job Tommy Warrillow is doing. And I'm not telling Tommy Warrillow around other clubs, but he's managed all through the, the non-league level what a job he did at Tunbridge Angels. There's clubs up, you know, in our level, have changed managers in the summer. Tommy Warrillow maybe deserves a better chance up the pyramid. Hopefully that will be with Ashford, but other chairman may be looking around saying, what a good job Tommy Warrillow did, because he's a very good manager at this level. Yeah, and that result, as you've as you've already mentioned there, Matt, is a fantastic result. They trust they twice trailed uh, Hastings in that game before winning three two after extra time to set up a, a game at Horsham, um, which is going to be an interesting game. A, a couple of people I, I I know of went to the Horsham game on Monday and said Horsham looked like a very very good side. So it will be interesting to see how that one plays out tomorrow night uh, or Friday night. Sorry, but um, all Ashford can do is go and, and win the playoffs and then. You know, if they end up being the team who won the playoffs and didn't get promoted, then then so be it. Um, but you know, you kind of hope that they can that, that they can do it, and and that if they do win, the stars align and they end up managing to get promoted. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's a fantastic job he's done. Came in, so we were brought his own people in, done a really good job, and yeah, again, it should be a good game there, John. But interesting to see when we speak to you next week what, what the atmosphere is like. If from that point of view, Horsham know they've got a chance. Horsham. You know, we've got to start favourites in that game, so we'll go from there. Yeah, Horsham beat Haywards Heath Town 3-0 on, uh, in their game on, uh, on Monday evening to make it their, their way through. Now, they say that football is a funny old game. Well, so it turns out is football podcasting. Because just at the time that we were doing that rant that you just heard about Ashford United in the playoffs, uh, Ashford United manager Tommy Warrow must have been listening to his voicemail uh, because I had called him before the show. And during the middle of the record, he actually called us back. So delighted that he did that. Thank you very much for your time, Tommy. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, so here is Ashford United manager Tommy Warlow talking about their victory at Hastings and the playoffs come uh, Friday night when they travel to Horsham. Yeah, we was, um, to be honest, I don't think anyone was really looking forward to it because it was so close to the Saturday. Um, obviously, the journey down as well, everyone knows it can be a bit of a pick to get down to uh, Hastings on the A21. So... You know, preparation we was a bit concerned about and four of the boys didn't get their so I think it was like five, ten past seven. So um sometimes like I said to them before the game, that might be of a, a benefit for you. I was trying to twist it around so they didn't have a lot of time to think about the game. Um and to be fair, it was a good game and, and we thoroughly deserved the win over the night over the well, ninety minutes plus the extra time. Um we finished strong. Um and like I said, I think the result was uh, was a fair one. Great character from your boys, obviously trailed twice to, to come back and, and force the extra time. And then how cool was that penalty in, right at the end? Yeah, it was um, obviously only Corny can say how he felt, but um, we had the utmost confidence in him. Um, but the boys regarding bounce back, um, I always said, you know, even beforehand, you know, to go one down, two, just not to panic. Um, because one thing we do, do we do create a lot of chances. Um, whether we take them or not has been the question this year. But... Um, but lucky and then I'm not lucky enough but to be honest with you know, it was only I think four, not even four or five minutes between each goal that we've, we've got straight back at them and sort of um, nullified their celebrations so um, yeah it was a, a perfect response to going behind twice and obviously now that puts you in the final on Friday night talking about a, a tough journey to get down there on Monday it's not going to be great on Friday on a bank holiday weekend uh, down to Horsham so it's going to be a, no. another tough one yeah it's, um, it's ridiculous you know you've got to yeah. You'd laugh at it if it was funny, but you know, who has a cup final on a Friday night? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We've just got to get on with it. Um, we're travelling down together. We're doing a coach for this one on the Friday. So um, if one late, we're all late, because obviously what we don't want to do is get there and like the other night, 
you know, have eight players there where they can force you to start the game. Um, whereas if we're all on the coach and we're all stuck, then that's just one of them things. But um, the, the most important thing was to get in the final. <clears throat> um, and obviously, if we can win that, it'll be a, you know, a massive uh, achievement for you know for the club itself because obviously where it's come from it's the first playoff I believe that they've had um, so um, you know it, it, we're going there confident but we're not going there arrogant either um, we're going to go there and just uh, do, do what we did against Hastings just give it our all I mean everyone was out on their feet at Hastings and if the boys do that you can't ask not, you know, can't ask anymore And what sort of t- test will Horsham be on, on Friday night? Yeah they're strong uh, we played them drew um, 0-0 up there um, earlier in the when we come in but um, I think any, you know, any team in this league John it doesn't matter who it is you just don't know what you're going to turn up and play against sometimes the bottom ones give you harder games than the top ones and um, I know it's an old cliche but that's why I just say which boys just forget who you're playing just go out and let's just concentrate on what we're going to do we know what we do with and without the ball um, just work together and just and just give it everything you've got and if you do that then if it's not good enough then it's not good enough but most of the time it has been good enough this year and they've been absolutely superb the lads so I'm pleased that they've got a final for the end of the season And what about the possibility of winning the final and still being in the Bossett League South East next season? Yeah well I mean I think that goes hand in glove with having the cup final on a Friday night it's just laughable um, but you know if you want the truth John I didn't even look it all I wanted to do was if you win promotion via the playoffs you can't do anything more than a football club. Rather than what league you're in, how many points you've got, or whatever, you can only do and put what's in front of you. So to finish in the, the second promotion spot in any league and not get promoted because of some point system or whatever is just ludicrous. Um, and it's you know it's even more disappointing if both teams are going into that cup final knowing that they can't go up. But I've not looked at that because I want to treat it like, you know, let's get in there and we won't be embarrassed about it. I think the people that have organised the, <clears throat> the system this year should be totally embarrassed about it. They're not just us, but they're going to be I believe there's two or three teams that are in the same situation. So um, I've not looked at the other leagues to see who's playing who because like Horsham finished top. Sometimes I think it's finished top lose to the team that finished fifth. So it changes again. So all I'm doing, I'm treating it like a normal playoff game. And um, obviously, we can't do anything else, you know. Rather than that, because it's not it's not in our um, in our jurisdiction to, to to do anything except win a game of football and hopefully, in in normal terms, win a win a promotion. Yeah, and and just finally, obviously, the, the Ashford fans were were fantastic at Hastings the other week. They were fa- obviously fantastic on Monday as well. And I guess you'll be hoping as many of them can beat the traffic as possible and help you out on Friday. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, they, this, you know, it's not just about the footballers. This is what it's about. It's about the fans. Mm-hmm. And they've all got to go to work. And, you know, Horsham, not only at Horsham anymore, they're another half hour further down the line in Lansing. Um, it's a big ask for the fans to get there, but they were unbelievable on Monday night. Um, even when we went one down, two one down, they were singing and, and getting behind the boys. Um, and, it, you know, it shows what potential we've got at the football club. Um, and that, that the long-term goal is to get all them fans back and some and hopefully push on up the pyramid. Um, so, Tommy Warlow there, Matt, Matt, he's just going to go out and win it, which is, is fair enough, isn't it? Oh, I think that's all he can do. Um, he's a winner in life. He, again, it's all about integrity again. Tommy Warlow he goes out, you know, if he was playing a football against us in the five, so he would win. So, of course, he wants to win the playoff game. Uh, there and what has been a fantastic achievement. On his CV, he could always put, if they win it, he's got promoted from, should get promoted from... Uh, um, the Devon Bostick South, despite the, the FAs. 
handling of this situation. And, and, and he's had a point about being on a Friday. I fully agree with it. I said last week, an absolute farce. An absolute farce. Friday night, it's just ridiculous. Play it on a Saturday. doesn't matter the big wigs going, whatever ground it is. Play it on a Saturday. You get more people. And it's easier for these players who've been working all day. So I'm fully with you, Tom, and good luck for the uh, for the playoff final. The other results on Saturday in the final games of the regular season. In the Bossett League South East, Ashford won 5-0. Dan Parrish scored a hat-trick against Hayward Heath, so it was a good few days for them. Um, Faversham were 2-1 winners at East Grinstead Town to finish on a high. Uh, Cray Wanderers won 3-1 at High Town in their final game at this level. They hope for some years. Phoenix Sports beat Herne Bay 5-2. Um, no goal for our mate, though, Matt. He didn't score in the right end, I'm disappointed to report after his uh, back-to-back home goals over Easter. Um, Ramsgate 2, Whiteleaf 1. Uh, two early goals for the Rams there. VCD were 3-1 winners at 7-0. It finished Sittingbourne 2, Guernsey 2. Yeah, into the Bossett League Premier Division then, where uh, Margate obviously said farewell to Jay Saunders in style with a 4-3 win um, at Harlow Town. James Rogers scoring a penalty on his final game before retirement and Toby Show Silver grabbing a hat-trick. Uh, Folks and Victor did their job. They beat Bogram Regis Town 1-0. But it wasn't good enough as they missed out on the playoffs after Merston uh, scored three in the first six minutes as they secured their place by beating Worthing. Uh, Tummage Angels were beaten 2-1 at Potter's Bar Town, which meant that they actually finished third, fourth in the division. So they play Haringey Borough away from home on Thursday. Uh, they will then have, if they win that game, a super, uh, a normal playoff final, followed by a super playoff final, which... Steve McKim uh, told us on our radio show Monday night is ridiculous and uh, it's hard to disagree with him on that one as well. The whole system, this whole season has been an absolute farce from the playoff point of view. I can't understand why teams can win the playoffs and not be promoted. It's madness, Matt. Uh, again, it, it really does. You know, luckily one of my sides, you know, people, a lot of people put a lot of hard work into, into football behind the scenes and, you know, and the way this has been handled by the FA has been an absolute fast. Maybe they'll say, oh, next year we might because we'll get more teams promoted, but that doesn't affect the sides at this season. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's convoluted, ridiculous, and really, really disappointing from the FA. But they say there couldn't have been another way, but surely there must be because it's, this is just not right. Well, exactly. Uh, we, we are rushing through things now because it's, the time is getting on and you've been chatting, you've listened to us for far too long. Uh, National League South, uh, I text Matt on Saturday afternoon saying Dartford was sneaking in because uh, the app I was using to check the scores and, and more importantly, the latest tables had Dartford 2-1 up uh, when they were actually 2-1 down. So Dartford missed out on the playoffs. Uh, they weren't even in the place where they could complain about Concord Rangers being excluded from the playoffs. Um Disappointing end to the season, but the Darts board have decided that they're going to keep faith with Adam Flanagan and Jamie Corden. And and after the stability of Tony Berman, I think that's the right decision. Yeah, we know that Dartford board are a sensible board. Um, you know, there may be some decisions in some of the clubs closer to them hasn't been the wisest decision now. And I don't think they wanted to go down a, a route of seeing as sacking managers. Um, I think they've. It's going to be tough for Dartford next season. As we do know, the National South is going to be a tough division with the sides that are coming down. You know, as I said, it will be there, definitely their squad, even though they've made a lot of changes this season. Big pre-season for them. We've mentioned it before, the National League sides may be a little bit happier because they might be able to attract better quality of players. But the players who've been playing National League South, there's a numerous clubs who are going to be sniffing around the same player. Dartford, maybe that's one of the reasons they've got that the managers in because they're, they're in place to talk to players. If they'd have decided they were going down a different route, that may have been difficult to attract more players through. So good luck with them. Big first few months of the season for Darford, I would say. See how they get on. 
particularly in that tough division and a big for the joint managers. But they'll be disappointed how the season ends and they really need to start on the front foot next season. Yeah, they finished in uh, 10th place in the end of darts, but only two points outside of 7th, which would have been good enough for the playoffs. Uh, Wedding United finished 3rd uh, and they will play Chelmsford City in the knockout game on Sunday for a place in the final, having um, having uh, Chelmsford being given a bye effectively after Concord Rangers uh, failed the ground grading, um, which is... I, I kind of feel when I see teams fail on the ground grading when it's 100 seats, I think... Oh, that's ridiculous. Why Why can't the league just be a bit more sensible? But you're talking about going into the National League Premier where Notts County may be playing next season uh, as, as a visiting team, for example. And you need to have that. The, the ground needs to be up to scratch. And sometimes these clubs, and this is every club, I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but you, you need to build the stadium before you start building the team, don't you? Yeah, Concord, again, Concord, you know, the FA would say, yeah, these are the rules, etc. Before We mentioned it before earlier in the pod this season about the dressing rooms. People are, people do know this is what you've got to do from that point of view. Um, maybe you look at it, National League, maybe you, would it, do you have to lower it in the National League South? You've got to have 100 seats to get into that competition for the next level. It's a difficult point because it seems pretty pointless that Concord have beaten all these sides and can't go in, can you allow eighth place to lose, John? Or a, a, a double-edged sword, it keeps going down and down. But the playoffs are really good in, in deduction, but particularly lower levels, it does seem a bit of a farce where teams can't be allowed. I think one of the Northern Leagues, they've had to call off the playoffs like they did with Margate a few years ago. They did, yeah. Because it could be an eligible player. And so, it, yeah, it just, it just doesn't, yeah, organisation could be better. Do you think that Con- Concord... Should the eighth place got got the playoffs if Concord can't do it? I think eighth so. Eighth yeah. would have tried all their best. I think so. I think there must be a cutoff point saying that, but let the eighth team in because Welling have got no advantage. I know they're playing at home, but Chelmsford might not, might have had a hundred and twenty minutes game on the Wednesday or Thursday playing against Welling gives Welling an advantage. Now it doesn't because Chelmsford had that week as well. It, it's supposed to give the advantage to the side to finish second and third. But in this context for Welling, I don't think it has, is it? Yeah, I do think the eighth place team should have got in, even though it was Villaricky. Uh, into the National League very quickly, to just to round off, uh, where Dover nearly finished in the top half, but didn't quite. But Matt, the most important thing about the National League, uh, after the results at the weekend, are I have our predictions from earlier in the season. Now, you thought about yours long and hard, OK? I wrote yeah. mine down on a piece of paper during a record of a podcast. Uh, we both wrote down where we thought the teams in the uh, National League would finish, all 24 of them. Uh, what I've done is I've given us one point for every uh, further, for how far away for each team. So whoever's got the highest score is the loser in this occasion, OK? Right. Uh, I've totted it up and Matthew Gerrard scored 122 points. Uh, his worst was Solihull, which got 17 places out. And of the 24 teams, you got one absolutely spot on, which was... FC Halifax Town. Great, great club. Yeah, so you got 122. Uh, I got 160. Uh, I was all over the shop. However, I did get three teams correct, including a Kent side, because I said that Bromley would finish in 12th. So, so So you should arguably win because you've got three more than me, or two more than me. So you know your National League football. But then I also said that... Um, I also said that Dover would finish eighth and that Eastleigh would be relegated. So I don't know that much, do I? Um, on Saturday, oh, on Saturday, Dover uh, beat Sutton 3-0. Was it 3-0? Yeah, 
Three 0 What's three 0 Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, your mate in the effing scoring, but um, a couple of players on the move. Stuart Lewis and Mitch Walker both announced they're leaving Dover. Yeah. First of all, Mitch Walker, absolute legend, nicest man in football, along with Neil Smith. Um, he'll go and do a job elsewhere. He's lost his place to Lee Wargan. So, um, yeah, brilliant, Br- nicest man in the world. Very good goalkeeper. Um, he'll go. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. I think he can probably stay at conference national level, but if he ever comes back to Crabble, he'll get a brilliant reception because he's been a great servant for the club. Stuart Lewis, yeah, disappointed. I would, what I'd say about Stuart Lewis is when a team's playing well, he is an excellent player. When we were struggling a little bit, he can slow the game down, but I'm not taking anything away from him. He's been brilliant for Dover, driving them on, and he's a leader. And again, interesting to see where he ends up because. He wants to go part-time, but I think he's about 31, 32, so I think he's looking outside playing rather than coaching from where his career will go. But yeah, really good. Sad to see him go, but will he go? Oh, yeah, the other kid decided he hasn't played for is Dartford, so he could probably do the complete, do Dartford, and he could do the complete set. I don't know if people would have said they've done that. No, exactly. Uh, Bromley beat Ebbsfleet 5-1 on Saturday as well. Well, Maidstone, uh, I enjoyed the tweet that said about 15 minutes ago until this season is put out of its misery as they were beaten at home by Aldershot. Uh, Matt Jarrett's lunch hour is nearly over. Uh, I've got things to do as well, so we are going to have to wrap up uh, this week's Ken Only podcast brought to you in associations with Workforce Dimensions Limited, um, who are going to be our, pro- our proper sponsor for next season as well, which is very, very exciting. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, do try and listen again to our Radio Kent show for Monday night, where we had Neil Smith, Laurie Wilson and Lee Wargan in the studio and Steve McKim on the phone. Uh, Matt Massive good luck to Tunbridge Angels, Welling and Ashford for their playoff games over the course of the weekend. And also the Southern Counties East League Challenge Cup Final, which is between Corinthian and Chatham. May the best side win there. Um, but all that remains to say is don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook. We're at Kent Non-League. I'm at John Phipps 81 He is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll speak to you next week for what's probably going to be the last show of the series. Well, that's, uh, but at least I'll go back for my lunch, mate. Cheers for that. Take care. Bye.